0: Hey friends, I'm Ashley. Hey you guys, I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate.
1: your week hey week's going good it's been pretty busy but good busy work-wise how about you it's been good yeah it's been
0: uh busy at work lots of stuff going on so yeah and yeah and projects at home and trying to decorate for halloween and it just feels all around busy which which yeah. is good
1: well i'm excited for halloween party i know it's gonna be so much fun going to be lit lit so
0: lit so lit you know, I said that to my kids like eight times a week. Like, Y'all, this the party is going to be so lit. They're so embarrassed. So I'm sure. What's your favorite thing about Halloween?
1: Um, let's see. I think it's just it's kind of like Christmas, like the decor. Like you just get in the mood when you drive by and see people's decorations and watch scary movies. I think just, like, the general horror of it all. And I love a good haunted house. I didn't go to any last year. I almost said last week. (laughs) (laughs) Not last week. (laughs) Going to, like, eight this week. No. um, I know. Yeah, I think the general spookiness, just like Christmas. Like, I like the lights and the Christmas movies. Yeah. That's it. I know. I've got several inflatables this
0: year, so I'm going to need to get extension cords, I guess. Because I don't know how people do all the inflatables I guess there's just extension cords going throughout their entire yards. I have no idea.
1: Yeah. I I saw that uh, last year when we went to that crazy house at Christmas time. I, mm-hmm. I saw all the cords. I mean, they do what they can to hide them with tarp and stuff. but
0: How do you mow the lawn?
1: I, you don't. It's Christmas time.
0: Well, Halloween, though. Like, if I have a bunch of inflatables, how am I going to on? Oh, you have inflatables
1: for Halloween. Just hope I don't um,
0: electrocute myself. Actually, it would be Casey doing the lawn. So just hope he doesn't electrocute himself.
1: Just a couple of weeks. You're taking them down, I assume. After, like, right after. Never. You don't keep them up in no- <laughs> November, do you? I'm never taking
0: them down.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to add a Santa hat to all of them and now they're Christmas. <laughs> awesome. I like that. I'm looking forward to a creepy oh it'll be like a nightmare before Christmas yeah if you make them Christmassy I like it so yeah you're never mowing your lawn until like February
0: okay we'll see there you go that's a problem so um my notes already started out weird so do you remember that Halloween um when we both had chicken pox yes that that was awesome yeah I know (laughs) super awesome do you remember what you dressed as Was that the year you were a lion? I
1: I feel like it was a lion because it was, I, I just remember it was, I was covered. I'm pretty sure it was the year I was a lion. So you were a hippie, right? Or a princess? I was a princess that year. I had a shiny gold dress and it
0: itched so bad. And it itched not just because of the chicken pox, which obviously makes you itch, but the material underneath was like that that cheap material that tried to puff out the dress. But of course, it's a cheap Halloween costume. So it was like it was the worst thing on my... My pox. Oh, my pox. My, my scratchy, yeah. scratchy material on my red, uncomfortable skin. And mom yeah. let us go trick-or-treat at one house, and they knew we had chicken pox, so it was like, yeah, you can come to our house. But then we sat and sat, side and we listened to, like, a tape of spooky halloween sounds oh
1: my god it's <laughs> so lame mom we um i don't remember those details that's funny yeah we listened to spooky halloween sounds but they were like creepy forest
0: sounds so we were like we were like acting like we were in a spooky forest so we were like acting out the sounds
1: basically oh we were so cute i know it is cute
0: now it'd just be kind of weird but if the shit, kids want to do shit. it i'm into
1: it it would be i'm like shame on you mom you let us go to one house you made us dress up for a picture and listen to a tape of sounds
0: but but i think that was us we were like oh this spooky music like i because i don't know we were pretty young i don't know it was probably like seven or eight so you were probably like five and so yeah we weren't i don't know what Scar- I, I don't know you probably weren't allowed to watch scary movies I don't know but I distinctly huh. remember putting on a tape of like you know spooky Halloween sounds and it was like werewolves howling and chains and witch laughter and we were like playing it out like we were I don't know in a forest or a castle or something.
1: Well I recall being stuck in traffic with you only two years ago and you had a spooky Halloween music playing in the car.
0: Oh yeah that's the that's what I work to. I have a couple of t-
1: So what, you Uh, work
0: to? Yeah, I put on, yes, Casey, because he walks in the office and it's like wind blowing and wolves howling. I don't, that is like really peaceful to me. I don't know why, but I, yeah, I have a one is spooky nature sounds and I just put some random things in there and then like spooky forest and Halloween night I don't know it's a bunch of different like playlists in my but that's year round and yeah that's my when I'm working on the podcast music that's when I'm working on real estate on my own stuff like that's just my background sound
1: that's cute
0: so yeah um did you know that Halloween started in Ireland what no no
1: I don't think I would have guessed anywhere
0: it would have started. Well, it America. is actually comes from an ancient Irish. Well, I, I want to say tradition, but not completely tradition. So if you didn't already think the Irish were super cool, they invented Halloween. So that just kind of makes them
1: even cooler. That is super cool. Does it happen to stem from leprechauns? No, I actually didn't read
0: anything about leprechauns having to do with Halloween, which is actually interesting that you brought that up.
1: Okay. So I'm extra wrong. Yes.
0: So I would say most Americans uh, know, you know, we know where Christmas came from, what Father's Day is about, Mother's Day, that's self-explanatory. New Year's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Like, we understand the, the roots of a lot of those. But Halloween has always been kind of a weird one. Like, it's just, it's a day to dress up in costume and kind of be whoever you want to be. Or as yeah, Winifred it's- said, it's a night of frolic. Frolic. I love it. So it is It is a night of frolic. But, you know, I love Halloween because I love dressing up. I love costumes. I love my imagination. I love spooky things. I just think Halloween's fun. I, I know that there's a lot of controversy with Halloween blood and gore and... Mm, what the other words I want to say that are not too controversial. I, I know there's a lot of christians that really frown upon it or even other religions i shouldn't just say Christians. yeah
1: they just don't find it appropriate to right make
0: something like that fun but for me even a christian to me to me it's it's our fun and our imagination it's it's also how you choose to celebrate it you
1: know yeah it's kind of a day to let your imagination explode if you want it to like that's when you can get away with wearing the wildest things or Having fake dead bodies in your yard. I mean, if you do that on a regular Tuesday in March, that might be a little questionable. You might have the cops come into your house.
0: Right. And I've not ever been the kind to decorate in Halloween where it's like dead bodies in my yard. Like, I don't do dead bodies. I saw there was a, I think it was an inflatable and it was somebody like holding up and grabbing a child. And I was like, and it was like looking like it was sucking out their soul. I was like, man, I wouldn't put that in my yard. Just, just because. I would scare little kids. It scares me. But yeah, like the kids <laughs> all walk to the bus stop past my house, and they walk home from the bus stop past my house. I don't want to be like, what is what message am I putting out there? I, that stuff I really don't like. But I yeah. also, I, I'm a step above the cutesy, you know, probably a couple steps above the cutesy. You know, my favorite movie is Halloween. I love Halloween H two O. Okay, Josh Hartnett, that was his breakout movie. It's amazing. I um, loved it too. So. You know, I love spooky and I love horror and I just, I love Halloween, but I do understand there's people that take it to a different level. You know, that's your choice. So let's go to Ireland. Like for real, let's go to Ireland and talk like, about For real, it. for real? For real, for real. I want to go to Ireland. I do so <laughs> much. I'm going to Ireland and Scotland. Like it's going out in the universe. Like I want to do that within, ideally within a year, but we'll see. But dang, I really want to go. So. Me too. This is where uh, the story of Halloween really begins. So the Celts or the Celtics didn't really keep written records, so some of the history may be lost, which, of course, has led people to try and fill in the blanks with likely less than accurate information. Uh, But that's not to say that there weren't observers that didn't come in and record some of the history, and many of the stories, traditions, legends, they have been passed down from generation to generation. And actually, Christian monks recorded a lot of irish history and celtic history and we're pretty immersed in the culture so we do know a lot but every practice and event wasn't necessarily recorded so halloween as we know it and i'm talking about in america because i'm not sure what halloween looks like worldwide but halloween as we know it has both pagan and christian roots so, due to the date on the calendar, it also marks the beginning of winter or the end of summer. More in Ireland than Texas, because I'll tell you right now, October 31st does not really mark the beginning of winter for us. Winter no. doesn't really start until like,
1: January. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the one time. I think I was using your, like, hippie costume or something, but I, I had, like, less clothing on. And that was the one Halloween. It was freaking cold.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ruined my costume. Had to wear a sweater there's been a couple of really cold halloweens
0: there was um I even a few years ago there was a really cold halloween and thank god i had the mind to get a cape because i'm sure i was made fun of for having a beautiful green velvet cape but it worked out really well for me and it was cool outside and honestly my green velvet cape worked out really well for me on hobbit's day too because i look like the most legit hobbit
1: sweet i do love that cape it's really pretty it's pretty and, and great it's my favorite color I know. It's like emerald. It's just, it's my favorite. That's my
0: favorite. You can't have it. Well, it's my cape. I bought it.
1: That's my birthstone, color.
0: Yeah, mine's a diamond, so I'll take all the diamonds. Okay. So it marks the beginning of winter or the end of summer. Um, It was part of a harvest celebration and a pagan new year. So pagan was the name given to people that didn't really follow traditional Judeo-Christian beliefs. Um, So that's a big category of people. So when we say pagans, your mind might go to one thing, but it was not one type of Person Or one type of belief and hundreds or thousands within the last couple thousand years, they didn't like all really call themselves pagans. They had different sets of beliefs. And they but these people I'm talking about, they were people that followed more ancient beliefs, which some did believe in gods and goddesses and some didn't. But most of them were pretty pacifist, meaning they weren't really violent or out to hurt others, did believe in joy and peace, which I imagine is a true hippie.
1: So they're they sound like my type of people.
0: (laughs) So their core beliefs seem fairly simple and not quite as controversial as people think. And as I say that I'm trying to be really cautious about people's sensitivity towards the holiday. But I know people listening are like, well, part of pagans are Wiccans or witches, which that is also part of that sort of belief system and they might fall under the pagan category. One, they're not all Wiccans, but many are. And I know that people have a certain idea of witches, and witch history is a very dark history. But most of it isn't because of the so-called witches; it was more how people treated people that were being accused of being
1: witches. Um, yeah, that is such a dark history. It makes me so bummed out. It is like a Salem bummed. witch trials. I mean, a lot
0: of them. You're t- right. Oh, Salem witch trials was. A bunch of clucking hens talking shit behind each other's backs. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it was pretty yeah. heinous. Um, it's, yeah,
1: it sounds like it's just a bunch of assholes living in that time. Just they have nothing better to do but accuse someone of being a witch and see if they get to re- have a good time for a few days.
0: Yeah. So is it all witches consorting with the devil? No. And I I don't even want to talk about that. I don't want to get into that conversation. But first off, probably more people were accused of witches than ever were witches and they probably weren't practicing anything close to witchcraft. So I think our idea of witches is, um, well, it's probably not accurate, but it's like also do we even know? Like I don't even know. Yeah. Like, what does we, a real witch look like, good or evil? Like, I don't even know. So, just in general, pagans were a pretty peaceful bunch that was not trying to harm any, anybody or anything like that. So, So You're
1: going to say harm any blondes. I don't know why. They... I don't know. Maybe they were trying to harm
0: blondes. I have no idea. I imagine they were a bunch of redheads over there. So, maybe they <laughs> yes. didn't like blondes. I don't know. Maybe not. So, Samhain are the early roots of Halloween. And if you've never seen how Samhain is spelt, you would not even know that the word is Samhain because it is spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N which looks like Samhain. Um, but it's not yeah. Samhain. <laughs> and it had to do with also how they pronounced it. It was like Savain, you know? Savain yeah. turned into American Samhain. Or Americanized I would say, probably Samhain. So, that is how it yeah. sounds if you were to say it with that accent. So, Samhain is pretty simple. It's a celtic word for summer's end it marks the end of summer and the beginning of winter with this big festival on sunset starting october 31st to sunset november 1st so a 24-hour party
1: that's fun i don't i guess i don't look at it as a 24-hour party i guess i did when i was a kid well but
0: i look at just october 31st as halloween november 1st has nothing to do with it to me. To me, I'm like, now it's into the Christmas season. Like, Halloween does mark to me the beginning of, like, the holidays. Um, Yeah, agreed.
1: That's where all all of our decorations that we have hoarded in our homes are for October, November, and December. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, most people don't have a closet full of Valentine's Day decor or St. Patrick's Day. Some people do. I
0: just found a full box of Easter decor that I didn't even know I had, and I have no idea where I got it. So that's interesting. interesting
1: I'm gonna guess probably uh, a yard sale I'm pretty sure you bought some Easter stuff when I was with you no not that
0: stuff I found some bunnies a wreath you know where I might have gotten I might have gotten it from one of my sellers houses That's where I think I got it. I probably found all that stuff and I was like, cool, taking it.
1: I think you have an addiction where you just black out and start collecting decor. Casey would agree (laughs) with you on that.
0: So, October 31st, that night was the night that the veil between the living world and the supernatural world was its thinnest. So, the supernatural could cross over into the living and the living could actually cross over to the other side, except if the living crossed to the other side, they probably were never coming back. So, Ooh,
1: creepy. Druid priests
0: would try to predict what the coming seasons had in store. So they would have these big bonfires and they would wear masks or disguises to try and confuse those supernatural entities that would cross over. They didn't want to be confused for something and
1: be taken. So Sal- this Sal- reminds me a little bit of Day of the Dead. Like Mexico's like, Day of the Dead? Yeah. just Like how, the, how they do the face painting and just to kind of welcome it all. Just, the beliefs. The the beliefs overlap for sure. Okay.
0: So Salmon did get rowdy sometimes. There was a belief at the time that there there is, there was human sacrifice, but it was not to appease this dark lord like like many ancient beliefs of the times. It was to sacrifice for crops, fertility, for the cattle, for victory in battle. I wasn't trying to rhyme. So if a druid priest was predicting a nasty winter, a bad crop season or whatever, that would sort of dictate how the what the sacrifice would look like, which I know, human sacrifice is pretty savage, but it was very common in the ancient world, and modern-day pagans aren't engaging in human sacrifice. So
1: we had such a hot, hot summer, and usually that means Record a very cold- breaking,
0: in case you guys didn't know, we hit 110, which was the highest recorded. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah, so that usually means we're gonna have a really, really cold winter, and we already made it through a disgusting and devastating winter freeze. But, yeah, if they're, you know, predicting we're gonna have really cold weather how many people do you think they would sacrifice if this practice still went on oh my gosh i can't imagine when i think of like you know like the aztecs
0: and and, in the different groups that practice sacrifice what a time to be alive because i i I mean you know i go down rabbit holes and my i have like 22 pages of notes so i didn't talk about it because i didn't have time but i mean i was reading about the bog people like all the sacrifice they did at putting people in the bogs which they thought was like going into the other world to appease whatever god or goddess there's a lot of sacrifice back in the day so i'm glad we've moved past that i'm here like things weren't hard enough with the plague and yellow fever and everything else that and war like war was really ugly i mean war's really ugly now but seemed like everybody was going to war in battle whatever like it's just never ending that war, yeah openly just sacrificing people come on like i don't want my straw pulled <laughs> (laughs) It's wild. So in the book, this was my primary resource, Trick or Treat, A History of Halloween by Lisa Morton. She says, uh, The Celts did engage in human sacrifice, but often chose the victims from within their own tribes by drawing lots in the form of bits of cake. Whoever received the piece with the blackened bottom was offered to the gods to ensure the fertility of the herds, so the cattle, a fruitful harvest, or victory in battle. The number three figures prominently in Celtic beliefs. Many of their gods and goddesses were depicted with With three heads or aspects, which is possibly one of the reasons why so many later Halloween fortune-telling games required a task to be performed three times. They believed in an afterlife, with souls journeying to to an other world sometimes called, I'm not going to say this correctly, Ternot's. Saurade, or Land of Summer. It's supposed to be similar to Samhain in its sound, but I can't figure out how to pronounce it that way. So, <laughs> okay, they believe that the doors between the world and the other world opened one night a year. Of course, that's October 31st. Samhain, of course, on that night, the dead may return to the living, and creatures called Sid or fairies, could cross over to bedevil humans. Samhain features frequently in Celtic lore. In practical terms, it was the end of summer, and so the beginning of winter. Crops were gathered and so she goes on to say that this was the time they'd bring in all the collected harvest and the meat, the recently slaughtered cattle. And because you have this sudden abundance of food, there would be that one big 24-hour party before you likely had to start, you know, rationing food for the winter. Because you don't know what winter's going to look like, how harsh it's going to be, and how long it's going to go on for, so.
1: Yeah, and you really had to hoard it back then. It's not like they had deep freezers to really save stuff for year. Your- That's true.
0: So, yeah, that was the, everything was pulled at that time, and so you were eating and feasting and drinking and celebrating. So, what we can deduce from this is that the Celtic festival likely influenced Halloween by the date of its celebration and the fact that it was, in fact, a celebration, but also the supernatural belief aspect of it, like... I said many Celts believed the supernatural could cross over to the living on the night of October 31st. So we see a lot of those elements in Halloween today. So then when did Christianity and pagan beliefs start to merge? Well, here's what happened. St. Patrick, yes, the one celebrated on St. Patrick's Day, who is basically the patron saint of Ireland, did convert many pagan Celts over to Christianity. And that was no easy feat because the Celts were like the largest group in Europe. It was difficult for the Celts that had these long-standing beliefs to just completely give themselves up and convert to Christianity. So many of them continued still, to still have their festivities, but then they just kind of eliminated the human sacrifice aspect of it. They would just still celebrate on October 31st. And well, That sounds good. Yeah. And healthy. They'd, they'd have the feast. They'd still have their bonfires. It would still be a fun night. But if they're Christian now, they don't need to sacrifice because they believe in, you know, Jesus Christ now. So many of them continued to still have their festivities... Sorry, I lost my place on my notes. But they'd still, the date basically just stayed the same. It was still an acknowledgement that winter was coming. It was still a time to bring in harvest. And it was still a time to eat and drink. So we see a lot of those influences of the Celtic beliefs seeping into sort of the Christian aspect of it. So this made it easier to influence Celts to convert to Christianity by keeping some of those dates in the calendar. So what I took from this is they basically made it an easier transition to convert people. And this was around the seventh century that the Catholic Church did this. So this is hella old. I mean, this is a long, long time ago.
1: Yeah, and I really did not know Halloween had so much religious background to it. Like, I guess I just haven't thought about it, but that's wild. Uh, There's all of the religions, it sounds like, are tied into it somehow.
0: Yeah, a lot of it is tied together. So I believe Day of the Dead for Mexico is November 1st and 2nd. Yes, okay, sorry. I wrote down November 1st and 2nd, and then I questioned myself. So you can see, like, Mexico, the Catholic Church, it adopted these days, too. So these Celtic beliefs really spread worldwide in some form or fashion because Mexico doesn't have a huge relation to Ireland. So Christians may have adopted them in a way, but these dates are significant in Celtic beliefs. So it was in the mid 8th century that Pope Gregory III moved the Feast of the Martyrs to November 1st, the date of Samhain, which then became a celebration of All Saints Day about 100 years later. And then in year 998, this is like so long ago to think that we were ever in three digits. For real. Year 998, the church added November 2nd as All Souls Day. So again, sort of taking this pagan idea of when it's the dead may come to earth and that the thin veil between the living and the dead was its thinnest. Now All Souls Day was an opportunity for Christians to pray over souls of the deceased, but especially the souls that were in purgatory. So again, took that initial pagan idea and revamped it to correlate more with Christianity. So you have Samhain on October 31st. All Saints Day on November 1st and All Souls Day on November 2nd. All Souls Day also goes by All Hallows Day, which means Holy Day. So Samhain became All Hallows Eve or All Hallows Day, depending on which one you're talking about, because Samhain is sunset October 31st to sunset November 1st, so it kind of falls on both days. Okay. So it didn't change the fact that many of the ancient tradition traditions weren't still going to play a role on, the, on that night. People still had their traditions and their celebrations, and the Irish and the Scottish are known to be storytellers, and they love their legends and their lore and passing it down from generation to generation, so that was not going away but you can see how these ancient traditions laid the foundation to what we know as halloween it's just evolved
1: yeah it certainly has so i was laughing when we were going through the dates because he reminded me of the dad on oh my gosh my big fat greek wedding when he's explaining stuff in the and he's like okay so there there you go
0: oh my gosh casey <laughs> I just watched that a few days ago and casey i don't think he's ever seen it and he was cracking up at the dad because Gus, because uh. I quote him a lot and I've just been doing that since high school that I, I just don't even think it anymore. And he was like, oh my God, is that why you do that? Like, um, <laughs> when Tula tells him she wants to go to school and he goes, why, why you want to leave
1: me? Like, yes. <laughs> I say that all the
0: time to the kids. They're like, can I go stay the night at so and so's house? I'm like, why do you want to leave me? And he had no idea where I, I thought he just thought I was doing that. Which I am doing oh. that, but I did get that from somewhere. That's so
1: funny. But also <laughs> that's, that's like the second time that's happened in the last few months. Y'all watch something else.
0: I know, I keep making I know, him I- watch like something random that I I apparently watched and he never watched. Yeah, I can't remember what else we were watching that that happened to.
1: That's funny. Like my, my wife is all uh, movie quotes.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So things start to change on All Hallows Day or All Hallows Eve in 1346, which should be a familiar year because I've brought it up recently. This is when the Black Death came to Europe. I'm not going to sing for you guys. So we know. Thank you. <laughs> the Black Death really changed the landscape, the beliefs. The culture and more all throughout Europe. During plague times, you really see it in their artwork because you would see drawings of skeletons and the Grim Reaper, which became very common because obviously it was such a dark time. So it added those like figures and characters into All Hallows Eve. So this is where you start getting like some really spooky stuff. All the spooky Halloween characters start entering the season now. So then this brings us to the 14th century. All Souls Day was observed in the Western Church and was added to the books and the calendars and so this is where we start seeing celebrations of Halloween on a little bit more of like a worldwide scale so then in the 1500s All Saints Day and All Souls Day basically took over what is what was Samhain still recognized as the beginning of the winter season still celebrated as the end of summer and was still a big celebration before a harsh winter would come and people would literally start to freeze to death you know you weren't farming but Scotland Ireland and Wales were Big into celebrating Halloween. Funnily enough, not England, but the other three. all the surrounding areas all the surrounding areas but england was like no thanks they they had their own celebrations but but it wasn't halloween um they do halloween now right yeah i think i think they do do it now because it's, it's much more global now it looked different to different cultures england was not doing the same thing
1: though england had their porch lights off that night <laughs> they weren't taking trick-or-treaters <laughs>
0: no. so it didn't look quite the same in ireland wales and scotland as it does today but it was not a holiday that was going away either and it completely makes sense that people in scotland would relate heavily to halloween because they very much believed in the supernatural especially in fairies witches and spells i mean that is all throughout scotland and i imagine i don't know because i've never been but i imagine it is still very much a part of their their culture like maybe not oh it is yeah um
1: a lot of the stuff I listen to, they're the fairies and fae and that whole world is still very much still relevant. Yeah. I love it.
0: I find those stories really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Scots were a very superstitious people and many still are. So I'm not going to spend too much time t- talking about this because it is another planned episode. But the plague... Did also lead to witch hunts trying to blame people for this horrible time in history and anything else that went wrong. It was, I mean, several different groups were blamed throughout history, but witches is one of them. And of course, who are you even talking to? I mean, you're just blaming maybe some slightly eccentric, probably woman, yeah. And a lot of them were in the medical field. I mean, you're talking like midwives and stuff like that. Um, must they must be a witch or healers and stuff like that. We're just
1: regular women trying to murder their husbands the old school poisoning way. Not witches though.
0: (laughs) Just murdering their (laughs) spouse that does not make them a witch. Well that's true. (laughs) Doesn't make them a witch, just a murderer. Not all witches are murderers. So, like I said, much of the darkness of the time is depicted in the artwork. And so then you start seeing witches with brooms and cauldrons and black cats. And who specifically made that artwork, I do not know. But I find it fascinating that they even started thinking, like, that. that their heads went that way. That's so fun. So, of course, probably wasn't fun at the time. Because if you were, like, one broad with a cauldron who's just trying to, like, cook a stew... Now they're like, cool. Me and my little cat and my cauldron stew, they think I'm a witch now.
1: Throw the cat in the cauldron. And of course, she got a broom. She's got a sweep,
0: right? (laughs) Doesn't make her a witch. So, of course, this also starts to seep into the holiday, which permanently adds those as figures into Halloween forever. So in Ireland, Scotland and Wales, bonfires were a really big deal during Halloween. Bonfires served multiple purposes around the time, but one of them was having this bonfire during All Hallows Eve. And it was used, one, and this is kind of a Christian more uh, relation, um, lighting the bonfires was basically lighting a pathway to help those that are stuck in purgatory. Um, but also in Scotland, getting firewood on All Halls Eve was very important. Like I said, they're very superstitious. Super stitches. I just mixed up <laughs> witches and superstitious. They believe so much in witches and especially that witches were evil. They thought that bonfires would help keep witches and fairies away. So different purposes here. Um, one of the famous witch trials in Scotland was called the North Burk. Berwick Witch Trials of 1590, it was a trial accusing at least 70 people of witchcraft on All Hallows' Eve. So like I said, it's the Day of the Uh. Dead, Supernatural come back to Earth. So having any kind of gathering during this time might have been looked at as suspicious. If you think the supernatural are coming out, then some people were like, why are you even coming out of your house if you think that witches are coming out? So therefore, you must be participating. And it was those gatherings were seen as basically like inviting evil into the world. So witches really became heavily associated with All Hallows' Eve, especially because of the North Berwick Witch Trials. So that trial basically solidified witches' association with Halloween forever because this group of people were gathering around this bonfire on All Hallows' Eve and therefore must have been trying to invite evil into the world. Witches are now related to Halloween. Wow,
1: that's pretty interesting. You sounded like
0: Owen Wilson. Wow, 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 <laughs> or a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in Northern Ireland, parents didn't want their kids going out, uh, out on All Hallows Eve. Again, our, you know if evil is coming out into the world on October 31st, I could understand them thinking, I don't want my kids out. Um, they believe that fairies were lurking around and were looking to take bodies of children or even infants. So parents that maybe were less paranoid, but still a little, little superstitious, they would consider letting their kids go out at night if they could rub oatmeal and salt in their hair, which I could only guess that that would make maybe confuse the fairies but i also look Um, forward to rubbing salty oatmeal in my kids hair for halloween and just being really superstitious
1: yeah (laughs) well i i know the the changelings always go for babies right i can't i can't imagine what all the kids looks like with oatmeal in their hair or if any kids were missing or taken yeah or if, if they were just scared for just to be scared you know i don't know
0: or like predators being out that night
1: yeah and then, then they you're still not... existed back then
0: right exactly predators have always existed i'm talking child predator's not predator from
1: Mater. like aliens Ali-
0: yes exactly not that kind of predator
1: <laughs> those have been around a long time though a long long time i know i saw uh what was the
0: what was the origins from what, what was that one called predator uh, i'm
1: saying predator origins i don't even remember i liked like it, the though. newer one where it went back to tribal times i loved that one that was my favorite one
0: yeah that was really good i liked it
1: It's like every shot was predator versus prey like any animal shot oh, it was called so prey that's what it- yes thank when you, you said predator versus you're welcome prey, i was like hello there it is Predator Origins, yes. not X-Men. I just, yeah, made up Predator Origins. I don't <laughs> know where that came from.
0: Um, So All Hells Eve was also a night for fortune telling. And this was global. I mean, it spread in different forms globally, which I found fascinating. I could probably do a whole episode on different types of fortune telling throughout history. It's kind of interesting. So United Kingdom and Wales, they had some different customs. Um, One of the customs was, it was called church porch. So you would go stand at a church window at midnight on Halloween, and you could hear a sermon being given by the devil himself. And in the sermon he would reveal names of those in the village or township of who would die within the next year. So
1: that's creepy. People just willingly went to the church to listen to the devil. Right.
0: Maybe call out their name. Well, and you know, it's probably a bunch of youngsters, those little whippersnappers go into the window and then they're like, Tony, the devil said you were going to die this year. That's what I imagine.
1: And they push Tony down a well because they're bullies. Yeah,
0: so they also believed that you could watch the flicker of the candles and then you could see what your fate was going to be.
1: Um, Ooh, that's very hocus pocus hmm
0: Also in Wales, they very much believed in witches. Um, they would go around ringing bells throughout the night believing that it would help protect them from the witches. And actually, King Henry VIII would ban these bells on Halloween night because he was getting so irritated with it. But due to how superstitious people were, they actually just accepted the fine from the crown rather than stop ringing the bells because they were like i'd rather pay a fine than you know be dead from a witch yeah which I guess if that's your logic, that makes sense. Also, one important aspect of Halloween is, of course, apple, bop, apple bobbing. Oh, my gosh.
1: Apple, apple bobbing,
0: bobbing <laughs> and snap apple. Yeah, I We don't...
1: did apple bobbing at our Halloween party yep. when we were kids. Yeah,
0: I don't uh-huh. plan I on doing do that, that now. now. Yeah, not now in this like post-COVID world. I'm like, I'm not going to stick my face in the water. But all, I'm good.
1: all my zombie makeup just going in that, and then you get to go in it right after.
0: <laughs> so, I'm sure you know what bobbing for apples is, but and this is still related to fortune telling, so I'm getting there. Bobbing for apples, I know y'all know what that is, but snap apple, you probably know what that is too. You just might not know what it's like named. Where there's an apple, they want a snapple. I know I kept reading that as snapple because it is snapple, it's just snap apple as two different words.
1: Do they not make snapple in a glass jar anymore? No I idea. haven't seen it. Snapple in a long time. I have not drank a Snapple in a really long time. Daddy oh, used to always have so many. I have Snapples and YooHoo. Oh, yum.
0: Who was he? Because that guy does not like sweets or those things today. Like you're getting a Zevia or water. <laughs> like your
1: options. Oh, he had five kids. Now he has five grown up adults. Well, d-
0: now you have more grandkids. So like,
1: come oh, on. true. There's eight eight grandkids. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, snap apple is an apple hanging off a string, and you would go at it with your teeth only, usually with your hands behind your back. So this game was often used as a fortune telling game. Uh, whoever was to finish first would be the next to marry. And a lot of these have to do with getting married. So if you finish that apple first, you were the next to get married. Women would toss the apple skins behind their back and whatever the initials most closely looked like was going to be their future husband.
1: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I want to f- play that game.
0: How are you supposed to read that? I know I wouldn't even do it in any kind of I- order. It'd be so freaking random. I wouldn't. Random
1: no yeah for sure and I would be eating the skin too like I, ha, how are you what are you are you? Are they carving the skin off to, I'm imagining they're like eating or I don't know I don't know or spitting out the skin I mean maybe
0: you're not supposed to touch <laughs> spitting out my future husband if it's snap apple you're not supposed to touch your hands to the apple but I guess that doesn't mean you can't take a bite and then use your hand to like pull off the skin I'm not sure
1: sounds attractive
0: I'm sure it is yeah so now we don't exactly know where or why apples were the fruit of choice, but it is believed that it derived from Celtic mythology as well. So possibly came from when the Roman Empire overtook the Celts in 43 AD and sort of combined their traditions with Samhain. Um, so the second day of the New Year festivities, this is part of the Roman tradition, was Panoma, which was to honor the god goddess of fruit and trees, which explains probably the bobbing or eating of apples around this time of year, but it's unconfirmed how apples came into play, but it is in a lot of artwork and drawings of the Celtics. And bobbing for apples has been a tradition for at least 400 years.
1: Dang! Well, I did not know the origin of that little game, so I appreciate that education. I'm just here to hit you with some knowledge today. I feel the power of knowledge.
0: So fortune-telling was like i said huge across the board on all Hallows eve so since ghosts and other worldly creatures came this night those supernatural entities could help predict the future so both uh, in america scotland and ireland uh so this comes from lisa morton's book trick or treat a history of halloween halloween had a variety of special cakes and baked goods most of which were served in fortune-telling customs the fortune cake would be a cake With a small token that represented future endeavors baked inside. Receiving a slice of cake with a coin in it, for example, foretold wealth. While a ring represented marriage and a thimble spinsterhood. (laughs) I would hate to get the thimble. I'd probably get the thimble. Poor lady. Uh, I would probably choke on a ring. So I'd just be dead anyway. (laughs) Um, so the dumb cake was made from simple dough that a group of girls would prepare together in silence. And at the end of baking, the girl's future husband would supposedly, supposedly appear to take a piece of the cake. And it's probably no coincidence that the first mentions of American Halloween celebrations began to appear shortly after this account and were invariably linked to the growing middle class Albeit as child entertainment, this is still from the book. So, a short story printed in a popular ladies' magazine of 1870 painted Halloween as an English holiday celebrated by children and describes a transplanted family's party in depth. As the children arrive, they must enter the house by stepping over a broom placed there to keep witches out. Another keeping witches away. So Don't the-
1: we do that for our Halloween party, though? Gotta step over the broom. That sounds fun.
0: Yep, I have a couple of uh, Halloween brooms. Actually, all
1: right, cool.
0: So the children tell fortunes by burning nuts, pouring hot lead, hot lead hot lead into water, and then reading the shapes formed therein, laying out cards and choosing among luggy bowls, which have now been replaced with a basin of water, a pan of ashes, and the wing of a goose, and last, indicating marriage to an old man. So the youthful revelers also playing Snapdragon, a game in which children try to snatch bits bits of dried fruit or wrapped fortunes from a dish of flaming alcohol. That sounds dangerous. <laughs>
1: sounds like a great kids game i don't know what you're talking
0: about they would pull taffy and make fate cakes small, sca- small cakes made in silence and then they'd put it under a pillow to invoke dreams so whatever they like dreamt about was supposed to be their fortune and in some of these cakes like i said they would pl- uh, place a ring in the cake or the bread and whoever got it would either choke to death or be the next to get married and by that i mean i would definitely choke to death
1: um <laughs> yeah i not- that's 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 kind of the idea buying king's cake. I wrote that in, in my, that was the next thing
0: here in my notes. I just well, don't, I said the little babies in king cakes or rings to me are just a huge choking hazard. And I sometimes eat like a pig to the slop. So I would just straight swallow it, probably not even know it's there until I'm choking to death. So please don't put that in my food.
1: <laughs> the, whole, the whole, I mean, I know everyone worried more about marriage then, but... All of this stuff for marriage is so weird to me. I know. Peel an apple, bake a cake in silence. Well, that dream was, up, uh, dream up your husband, choke on your husband. That was whatever.
0: <laughs> pretty much a woman's only only thing, reason yeah. to exist: get married and make babies. So I'm sure it was very important to not get the thimble
1: in your cake. Yeah, or you're also a witch too if you're a spinster. <laughs>
0: I know. What a shitty time for women, like for so, so long. Such a crappy time. Um, so another yes. Irish t- tradition, and this this kind of, I don't know, it kind of confused me a little bit, um, but this is an Irish folklore, so I'm going to share it, was the jack-o'-lantern. But the pumpkin is a new world fruit. So... This couldn't have come around until at least like the 15 to 1600s. So this next story comes from history.com regarding the jack-o'-lantern. So people have been making jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween for centuries. The practice originated from an Irish myth about a man nicknamed Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from being able to change back into his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for a year and that should Jack die he would not claim his soul. So the next year Jack again tried to trick the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. Well, and I don't even know why the devil keeps hanging out with Jack because this guy sounds shady already. So while he was up in the tree Jack carved a sign of the cross into the tree's bark so that the the devil would not be able to come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for 10 more years. Soon after Jack died. So as the legend goes God would not allow such an unsavory figure, Jack, into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick that Jack was, the tricks that Jack played on him, and um, keeping his word not to claim his soul would not allow Jack into hell. So he sent Jack into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth with it ever since. So the Irish began to refer to the ghostly figure as Jack-o'-lantern and Jack of the lantern, I'm sorry, and then simply jack-o-lantern
1: yeah well that's cool i didn't know that halloween movie with the wayans guy in it uh-huh. they they talk about stingy jack i did not know that was a real story well
0: okay like like it's a real full
1: well yeah 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 okay. I, I know that movie's not i'm not saying don't take that as fact like oh stingy jack r.i.p yeah I, I just didn't i've never heard of stingy jack and yeah how does he get how does he get the? how does he trick the devil why and why is the devil hanging out with him that's That's weird i'm saying why is the
0: devil hanging out with him but stingy jack's a prankster.
1: yeah he must be really good the devil should be wanting to recruit him to get people to do naughty things well he already promised not to take his
0: soul so probably Hmm. and i'm guessing stingy jack didn't want to go there because he said you can't take my soul what a weird friendship another halloween association is bats Me love some bats. I even have some bats tattooed on my ankle because I love bats. But it's unclear how bats specifically became a part of Halloween. It's definitely not in Celtic lore, but it did start showing up in images in the 1900s. So the most plausible vampires, well, and I'm about to talk about that too. So this is actually where we think the bats came from. So the most plausible explanation is that it came from Bram Dracula. Since he could turn into a bat, that's probably where people got that sort of creepy image and that was written in 1897, just before the bat became prominent in Halloween. So we think that's the influence, but this is what's really interesting. Bram Sto- Stoker is An Irishman. And I did not know that.
1: I didn't know that either.
0: That's pretty cool. He was deep, deep into Irish folklore. And his basis for Dracula did come from a Celtic Irish demon named the Deragdu. So Deragdu means red bloodsucker. So the Deragdu is a female vampire that enjoyed seducing men and then would drain them. So the legend goes that Deragdu, she was an Irish woman that fell in love with a peasant. And dad was not okay with that. He wanted his daughter to marry a rich man. So she was forced into a marriage she despised and her new husband was horrible to her. So she committed suicide because she hated her father and her husband and she was buried near Waterford. One night she rises up from the grave to seek revenge on her father and husband. She came to them that night and drank their blood until they were dead and she rises once a year to seduce men and drink them dry. So the Celtic vampire was one of many many vampire stories in Ireland that likely influenced Bram stoker for Dracula, which kind of blew my cap.
1: Yeah. That's my favorite part of the story so far. That's pretty
0: cool. So another famous uh, Celtic legend is that of the Dulahan. And I am really sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. It looks to me like it's clearly Dullahan, but if it looks like Samhain and pronounced Samhain, I could be saying Dulahan completely wrong. So Dullahan translates to dark man. He is a foreteller of death and he is a headless horseman. He... <laughs> rides on the back of a horse and that horse has flaming red eyes and the the Doolahan carries his own head under his arms which should sound familiar because yes, we see that influence uh, Ashley
1: here. and I loved Sleepy Hollow and the animated Ichabod Crane. I love that movie. I love so all of that. So this could easily be an
0: influence to Washington Irving's story. So he rides out throwing blood on people and calls out the names of those that will soon die. But don't worry, like any villain. Dylan, he has a weakness, and his weakness is gold. So, all you have to do is carry around some gold, and you'll be fine. But if you do carry around gold, I guess you should worry about the leprechauns. Yes. <laughs> so, I just I'd be to...
1: less worried about them than the headless horsemen, I think. Well, you should see the movie Leprechaun then,
0: because he's pretty oh, crazy. He's,
1: he's grow He is creepy and crazy. I have seen it. But he just like eh. apparates, he just shows up. Yeah, and... it's true. Which that he's always just freaks so me small. Out. Like, I feel like the fighting scenes of that movie, I'm like, come on, guys he's so small but did you see part two i don't think so you should watch it
0: it's a really good time. It
1: sounds like I'd laugh a lot.
0: You will laugh a lot. It's great. One okay. guy dies because the leprechaun can change. So he can like change into somebody. And so he changes into like this hot girl and takes oh, her God. top off. And so he's going towards her breasts and the breasts are really like fan blades. And so it just like blades off his face. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's. He
1: goes to motorboat and his face gets shredded off. Yep. Oh, so good god
0: yeah that's just that's so a little lame. taste of leprechaun too and i think you need to go watch it because it's <laughs> okay. so good so that is okay so that's a lot of the history of halloween in ireland and scotland uh but but what most of us know as halloween in america we have the americanized version okay so puritans began coming to america in the 1600s they did not want to or have any kind of association association with the uh, Celtic holidays or traditions. So for 200 years in uh, the United States, there wasn't a Halloween or All Hallows' Eve, but one major historical event happened in 1845 that put Halloween on the calendar in America. You know what it is? What's
1: that? Do
0: you have any idea?
1: In 1845?
0: Mm-hmm i just like to uh, see what you think i really have no
1: idea where
0: where a bunch of irish people came over here
1: just tell me it stop was... making me look like a history fool <laughs> it's okay uh the
0: irish potato famine
1: so sure most of you I would not have guessed that sorry it's not funny but oh i would not have guessed that i thought you're
0: gonna be like dang i should have known i guess not
1: no Okay, I was trying to think scary, like what put Halloween on the map, not lack of potatoes. What, well, what happened
0: was is that Irish slingshotted a massive pumpkin over the pond to America and we started <laughs> celebrating. No, it wasn't that. It was the Irish potato famine. So I'm sure there are a lot of people familiar, but I guess it's not as many as I thought. So between 1845 and 1852, for seven years, and this is seven devastating years, there was a mold infecting potato crops in Ireland, which was a primary food source, but also hurt them economically, socially, culturally, politically, Um, approximately... A million died of the famine, and numbers between one to two million emigrated to the United States. And do you know what they brought with them? What was that? Their pumpkins. Tra- their tradition. No, we had pumpkins. Pumpkins <laughs> know, is a I'm new just world kidding, thing. I'm kidding. I know I'm kidding. No, they brought their culture and traditions with them, which included Halloween. Um, oh, thank goodness! So I don't want to think a devastating event, but sometimes there are silver linings, and this isn't just true for the Irish potato famine. There's been a lot of devastating events that do happen to lead to progress and pot- positive change. But literally, without the Irish potato famine, we may not even have Halloween.
1: That's so nuts to think about. Coconut. I like baby. to
0: think. I I like to think it would have come about eventually. Yeah, probably not in the same kind of way because you just had so and hello, why do you think Boston or Massachusetts is like the Halloween state? That's where most of them immigrated to. Yeah. A, at least starting that out. That makes sense. Um, so one popular yeah, activity. I love Irish. I know, right? Um, so one popular activity in the early days of Halloween was in America. Because I'm just talking a little bit now about the evolution, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about Halloween in America. I might do that next year. So they would hold corn husking contests and eventually this is where the scarecrow derived from. Now, scarecrow's did exist to keep birds away from crops but come fall there really wasn't a big purpose for scarecrows that became like a fall decor at the time Uh, that just
1: makes me think of jeepers creepers when it's he looks like a scarecrow out there but then it's him i also love jeepers creepers so creepy so they pretty much served out so like so scarecrows pretty
0: much served out their purpose you know between well i don't know spring and summer but then come fall and winter they were just figures of not winter i'm sorry mostly fall. Figures for Halloween and into Thanksgiving. So then kids would start to replace the head of a scarecrow with a jack-o'-lantern. And they would even put a candle inside of it so that it would glow. And so, like I said, pumpkins did come from the New World so that was very popularized here. But it became solidified as a huge American tradition in 1820 when Washington Irving came out with Legends of Sleepy Hollow or the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, not Legends, which was a and is a famous story in the United States. So, I don't know if other countries read it or watched any of the movies, but it has a heavy association with Halloween. The pumpkin, the headless with Johnny horseman. Depp
1: being in it, you know that went worldwide, but the actual tale, I don't know. Yeah. Well,
0: it's it's a it's a good story. I mean, it's a short It's a short read, so if you're looking for a Halloween read, Legend of Sleepy Hollow is not very long. In 1918, a party guide for Halloween started the colors for black and orange because it was saying like, hey, these are the Halloween colors. Before that, it basically had no meaning. But in 1918 is when you start seeing those colors become the colors of Halloween. So that's officially been around for 105 years. That's pretty cool. Halloween in America saw its fair share of pranking. In 1920s and 30s, pranking was at its worst. It was vandalism. There was also throwing flour at people that were wearing black, breaking windows, tripping people on the streets, and even setting fires. And you know what really, really sucks is this is also another important part in history. It was the Great Depression. I won't test you, Lainey. It was the Great Depression. (laughs) So, like, if things weren't bad enough, you have these hooligans running the street, setting fires, tripping old people. And 1933 was dubbed Black Friday because it was one of the worst Halloween for vandalism
1: oh my I I heard that people used to steal stuff like actual fences from people's yards oh yeah like what crazy
0: yeah they were overturning vehicles sawing down telephone pi- Pills, I almost said pills. Polls, opening, like, busting open fire hydrants. I mean, it was actual chaos. And local governments were considering banning Halloween. So, basically, schools, Boy Scouts, and other community groups and activists had to get involved to offer alternative activities to basically distract the vandals. So, they would encourage, they would have Halloween parties. They would have decorating contests, so a lot of Halloween decorating started in the 1930s. Costume contests, so it did successfully divert a lot of the attention and put that energy towards Something more positive. Yeah. So for now, that is it on the Halloween in Ireland front. Um, there is a ton more to talk about for Halloween in future episodes. I had a hard time just sticking with Ireland, but Halloween origins are in Ireland. Um, and I tried to make that, like I said, the main focus, but it's hard to not go into a little bit of the evolution of Halloween. But-
1: well, I loved the evolution of Halloween. Thank you for taking time to research that. It was really interesting. It was It was a lot
0: and I feel like I still have so much more. I was like, you know, there's some things you gotta skip or else you're just gonna have, you know, a three hour episode.
1: Well, we can do Halloween Origins Part 2 next year and Part 3 the following and just have cover different places.
0: Yep. So are you ready
1: for uh, arbitrary anecdotes? I am, indeed.
0: So trick-or-treating aspect of Halloween is still up for debate, but there are some theories and maybe it's a combination of a lot of these. So one of the four theories the Celtics that were very poor that wanted to celebrate celebrate Samhain would go door-to-door begging for food so maybe something there during Celtic and Christian mashup Hallows Eve or All Hallows Eve people would go door-to-door to pray for souls in exchange for cake oh my gosh I don't know if you can hear Veda but that's my dachshund. She is whining in the most annoying way she
1: can whine. She's just
0: she's like uh,
1: like not even oh, like God. a cute <laughs> whine, just like an annoying sigh. That's funny. Maxine has been looking my right leg for <laughs> Like 10 minutes. Ew. I don't know why dogs do that.
0: Also, trick-or-treating may have been a good way to appease the vandalizing buttholes of Halloween, uh, probably mostly in America, by giving them like an actual task, get treats in lieu of tricks. Um, Yes. And then another very likely source of trick-or-treating could come from bellsnickling, which comes from Germans pelschnickel. I'm going to pretend I pronounced that correctly. Pelschnickel. Pelschnickel, Pelschnickel. where people would dress up and go house to house, offering a trick in exchange for food or drink. So like they would do something and get a Food or drink. So that was actually not a Halloween custom. It was a Christmas tradition. So it could have been used as an alternative on Halloween. Let's take that pelschnickel idea and make it a Halloween thing. Uh, other arbitrary anecdotes. Even though uh, Celts were well known historically in Ireland and Scotland, they were the largest group in ancient Europe. Uh, the Celtics were never really under one country. They were very tribal-like and they were scattered throughout Europe, but they were the largest group in ancient Europe. So Celtics may have been the first Europeans to wear pants. And they did often wear colorful clothing. Oh, that's fun. And sort of like we said before, the Celtics didn't write down their history, but Celtic priests, the Druids orally passed on much of their history through generations. So that is it for my arbitrary anecdotes. Hope y'all come back next week as we stay in our spooky seasons of episodes. Upcoming we have Salem Inn, Scottish Witches, and the Snedeker House which is the haunting in Connecticut. So we have a lot coming to you guys that we cannot wait to share with you. So if you would like to send us a recommendation or an interesting real estate story, because we also are into real estate stories, um, you can email that to us at hauntedre as in real estate pod at gmail.com hauntedre pod at gmail.com if you would like to send us a generous donation of any amount we do have a venmo and that is at the at sign haunted re um please make sure if you do that to leave us a property in the comments or tell us where you're from and we'll find a property in your area we want to make sure we show you some love go follow us on instagram at haunted dot dot estate and please we would love and appreciate if you would rate and review us on whatever your preferred podcast platform is we would so appreciate it Thank please
1: you. do We need to get better ratings. Well, we don't
0: have, we have good ratings. We just need more ratings. But yeah, but you Um, know, I
1: don't think you could do, I don't think you can on Amazon Music. Yeah, I don't think so weird um... spotify
0: apple i know those are the big ones audible there is a rating option but i'm not sure how many people actually listen to podcasts through audible i just happen to be on audible for some of this research i had to download one of the books because i didn't have time to physically read two books so i had to audible one and read another and lastly if you are looking for an agent in the houston market give myself or my husband partner casey a call um we would love to talk to you work with you and we'd be honored to assist you in the home buying or selling process so that I don't just give you more information. You can just still go ahead and email us at hauntedrepod at gmail.com and we will get you to the right place. Thank you guys so much for listening to us and our antics. That is all I we have. do appreciate
1: it. We, we love you and we appreciate you alls support very much. Y'all are too kind.
0: We hope y'all have an amazing season and we will see you guys again next week. Bye.
1: Bye.